Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During our Love Maitland series, we learn how to practically live out the Great Commission. God is love. For God so loved the world, the whole world, not just my world. God so loved every person in this world and sent Jesus to teach us what love looks like. Pyaar sahinshil hota hai. L'amour est plein de bonté, l'amour. Et l'amour no es envidia. Liefde pronkt niet. Lubov ni gardiza. Saranginen shipega opta. L'amour pae goiz. Ting yeo se chang dhe dhang nong zhen. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. To love every person, every nationality, every background, every history, every soul. Because in life, we find faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so with that, we are talking about Love Maitland. And if you uh, follow along in the worship guide or you ever pick that up and read it, inside that it says this. And just so I want to be clear, this isn't necessarily a a series that is exclusively on Maitland. But in, in here it says, do you love where you are right now? In Acts 1, Jesus tells the disciples that they will receive power from the Holy Spirit and they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We believe that the same is true today and God has planted Anchor Church right here in Maitland and we love Maitland. We have a tremendous opportunity to reach people around us for Jesus, but we're not just called to reach our neighbors, our city and our state. We are called to reach the entire world. And this month, we'll be talking about the Great Commission and what it means for us in Maitland and for our world. And if you were here the first week, if this is your first time here, we're thankful that you're here and thank you for being here with us. Uh, if you've missed out the last couple of weeks, the first week of this series, we talked about how the Great Commission is, is calling us to go to the, to the world, to all the nations, and, and, and how uh, a lot of times we think of nations as actual border nations, but when this was uh, called to us um, by Jesus in the Great Commission, that there weren't there weren't, weren't so things as the borders that we experience now. Nations were a whole lot uh, more of what it was all about, and we have worlds and nations around us. We talk about the world of finance, the world that's happening in the office, the world that's happening at home. There are a lot of different worlds that we are experiencing every single day, and that's what we're talking about as far as the opportunity to reach people for Jesus that are here and all around the world. We have worlds all around us. And and last week, uh, we had a guest speaker. It was my friend, Sean Koontz, was here. Uh, he's here for a month, but he lives in Kenya right now, and he is um, a part of an, an organization over there called the Ten Roof Society, and they have an initiative called do, uh, Simply Do Good. 
and the, the, the same principle of, of just loving the world and the worlds around us. And he shared just some practical ways that we can find the people in our daily lives last week. And so this week, I want to talk about something that is going to um, just help us along that journey as well. And one thing that I think that is really good for us to be able to focus in on. And if you will go with me to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 21 Verse 21, that's where I want to start this morning, and I want to take a look at this one little verse and, and, and hone in on one um, little word that actually means quite a, a lot. So the first thing that I want to, uh, to read is this, and you guys have it here on the screen <clears throat> behind me. Proverbs 21, verse 21 says, the one who pursues righteousness and faithful love will find righteousness and honor. And so this word righteousness that we see, sometimes when we think about this word, it's a heavy word, right? That, like the, the thought of, of being righteous or the thought of having righteousness in my life. If you actually look up the definition to this, it's talking about um, this pursuit of, of holiness. And sometimes that can really feel very daunting, uh, to feel that I have to make things perfect, that I have to uh, live this life in a way that um, is following after the law that, that, that uh, God commanded us to follow in. And, and, and let's be honest, uh, we're humans, and so we're not perfect, and we are going to fail miserably at this pursuit of righteousness in our lives. And so uh, it can be a very heavy word, but when we see this word in, in the Hebrew language, in the, re, in the language that it was um, first introduced to us, we see that the word for righteousness is tadaka, tadaka. And this word itself means to uh, bring justice into the world by helping someone in need. So when this word is translated, it is translated into righteousness. But when we really start to view this word righteousness in the, in the, in the, in the word, the Hebrew word tadaka, to bring justice into the world by helping someone in need. This is really kind of the great commission all summed up into one Hebrew word that we see translated into righteousness. So when we think about it in this sense, the one who pursues righteousness, the one who pursues helping people in this world, uh, helping people that are in need, and they live in faithful love and will find life, they will see and understand what tadatka actually means to them and understand what it means to be able to receive the justice by helping someone in need. And that's what Christ does for us. He lived this out for us on the cross when he died for us in the sins and our imperfections. So when we experience the righteousness of God, we are experiencing this word tadaka, this understanding that we are, have received justice because we are in a dire need of a saving savior. And so if we are going to live out this same principle, we can start to show love and be loved to the people around us. And that's what the Great Commission is all about. So for us to experience righteousness, for us to be able to receive it and then give it is to understand that it is about bringing justice into the world by helping someone in need. And we can see people all around us that are in need. There are people that are in physical need because they have uh, ailments. There are people in financial need because they're just down on their luck. There are people that are in spiritual need because they don't know Jesus as their savior. There are people that are in just need in general because that's just the way that life is. Life is different for all of us and we all experience different hardships at different times in our life. 
So the word generosity popped into my head this week, and, and I felt that the Lord wanted me to speak on the topic of generosity. And I started thinking of these things and how this pertains to this word and, and righteousness and all these things. And I was thinking how really, if you take a look at the word generosity, generosity is at the heart of, of all of this. If we are going to be able to receive tadaka, if we are going to be able to receive the understanding that Jesus died on, our, on the cross for us because we are imperfect people, if we're going to be able to understand the power and the weight of what that means for our life, that we would be able to receive the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that we would be able to uh, gain eternal life because of what he did for us on the cross, if we can be able to receive and understand the righteousness of God and be able to begin to live out the righteousness of God by being able to share what we, ha- what we know and be able to share what, we have been, what has been given to us, the heart of all of it is generosity. Being able to share something that we have. Generosity. Generosity is the heart of righteousness. Generosity is the heart of compassion. Generosity is the heart of love. And we know that because in our relationships that we have with spouses, with our siblings, with friends, if we are actually going to love, we are sharing, we are being generous. And we'll get into that a little bit in a a minute, but I want you to understand that really generosity is at the heart of it all. And I think that sometimes when we think of generosity, all we think is money, baby. You know what I'm saying? Money, 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 money. It's not Sunday at Anchor Church if I don't sing. It's gotta happen. Money. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) But when we think about generosity, we think it's always about finances. It's always about money. And it's not always about money. I can think of times in my life that I have received generosity from somebody. Times that maybe I didn't deserve it. Times that there was no reason why I even received it, but I was, I was on the receiving end of generosity. And I think that maybe you can remember too of times when, when you received something that was uh, 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 given to you. Whether that was time, whether that was something of financial gain, there are different times when people have been generous to you and it stands out. Think about when somebody has just gone out of their way to be friendly to you and just say something nice about you. That's them being generous to you and sharing something that is so great. Think about a time. I can think of one of the very first time, I was trying to think of like the earliest memories that I might have of receiving generosity. And it goes way back to probably when I was like two or three years old. Uh, When I was two or three years old, I I don't really know why, but um, some of my time was spent at the Elks Lodge in Cripple Creek, Colorado with my parents. And, um, And I remember they had a pool table in there that I absolutely loved. And the Elks Lodge was, 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 was family. The Elks Lodge was church for my family when I was a kid. There was people that were in there that cared about my folks. There were people that were in there that cared about me. And, uh, and I remember I, was, I used to love to just throw the balls on the pool table all over the place. And, and most places would really frown upon that because they don't want their pool table wrecked by a two-year-old. But I loved it. And, and I remember one time asking my dad for a quarter so that I could get the balls to pop loose from the machine. And, uh, and he, didn't, you know, he didn't give me one. Or he, but before he did, I don't remember what the scenario was because I was too young. But I remember a guy coming up to me and, and doing the little coin behind the ear trick, you know what I'm talking about? And he said, hey, what's that behind your ear? And, and I don't know where it came from. It was, must have been in my ear somewhere, but he popped out a quarter. 
and he gave me a quarter. And I, I don't know why I remember that, probably because it was a cool little trick that I really thought there was a quarter in my ear. But I remember that that was one of the first times that I received a generous something from somebody. And I could think of all these times that I've been on the, on, the, on the benefit end of generosity. There's been times where I've been generous too, but I feel like I remember the times when people were generous to me the most. This past Christmas, we're, we're an ARC affiliate church, which simply means that, that, that we got some training and we got some help uh, financially and being able to launch our church. And uh, it is, a, it is a, um, a fund that we are actually giving back to now. So we're giving back to church planting that's happening all around our country. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we've hit over the $1,000 mark uh, so far in our, in our being able to give back to church planting that's happening all around the country. In the fall season, there's gonna be a whole bunch of new church plants that are gonna be happening in, in several different states and Anchor Church is a part of that. And that's, that's generous. But what was really cool with this, this, um, this, this, this affiliate, the ARC affiliate that we have is there's some churches that come together and just they're praying for each other and encouraging one another. I got a phone call one day and it was, I think, Brentwood, Tennessee. I don't know anybody in Brentwood, Tennessee, but it popped up on my phone and my phone number is the church phone number. So typically I answer it. And uh, most of the time it's nobody. It's a, you know, the boop, hold, please hold. And I'm like, why? You just called me. Why why am I holding? You ever get those? Yeah. And anyway, so I answer the Brentwood, Tennessee phone call and it's this pastor from a church near Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, and he says, is this Pastor Justin? I said, yes, it is, uh, you know, with my pastor voice, you know. And yes, it is. And, um, and he said, well, hey, this is, I don't even remember the guy's name. It's terrible, right? But he said, this is Pastor so-and-so from Four Stones Church, and, and just, we're just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, and as part of our generosity giving for Christmas, we want to give you $500, and I said, you have got to be kidding me. Why? <laughs> and he said, we just want to be generous. That's what we want to do. Somebody did that for us, and we just want to pay it forward. And, uh, and so here's the deal. There's only one catch with this $500. It's not for the church, and it's not for you. It's for your family. So spend it on your family this Christmas, all right? And that was it. Like, click. Like, that was it. And I didn't even know what to say. Like, I, I broke down in tears because how generous was that? That's a very, very cool thing. I don't know this guy, but it was a cool and generous gift. And I wanna be a generous person. I wanna do that. This Christmas, I wanna call a pastor of a, of a brand new church and, and do the exact same thing. And I, I, wanna, I want to be a generous person. As a matter of fact, one of the most generous person people I, person, people I know is my brother-in-law, Wesley. He's a guy that will bring you a cup of coffee. He will bring you donuts. He will bring... He's the result of me gaining five pounds probably in the last, I'm just kidding, but um, he is a very generous guy. And every time I'm around him, um, he is quick to give me tips and ideas. He started a church two years um, ahead of us, so he's, he's been through the ropes a little bit. And he's been able to give me some insight and different things. Uh, but he, he is a very generous, he will buy lunch whenever I go out with him at different times. And I, I know that he got it from his dad, and his dad's actually here. I was gonna talk about you, but you're here anyway, so I can talk about you even more now. But I know that he got it from his dad because his dad's a very generous guy. I've gotten to know uh, my brother-in-law's dad, which is my distant father-in-law in a way, right? It's kind of fun to say that. But, um, but uh, I get to see um, Wesley's dad, John, every single week at the, the Rotary Club in Maitland. 
And, uh, and so often, John will say, hey, let's get some coffee afterward. And he'll buy coffee, but then he'll give me all this wisdom as well. It's, and it's his time. It's generous. And not only that, when I first moved into the neighborhood in September, I said, hey, he has a, la- a landscaping business. I said, hey, hey, uh, hey, hey brother, will you, will you just come by the house and let me know uh, what the estimate would be for you to, 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 to cut my lawn? And he said, Sure. And uh, the next thing I know, the whole crew's out there mowing the lawn. I'm like, I didn't give you permission to cut the ground. I don't, I don't know how much it's going to cost yet, you know. And, and they've been out every single week since then, and he hasn't asked anything for that. And so for that, I thank you. You are a generous man. I thank you. Redbud Landscaping. One call does it all, right? Maybe that's it. Yeah. So um, if you're looking for anybody, see him. But I'm telling you, it, it, to be on the receiving end of generosity is incredible. And I, I want to be that person that hands out and gives that extension to the hand of generosity. And again, it's not financial. It's not, it's not just the money that's involved. It's far more than that. And I want to get into that uh, this morning with you guys. In uh, Matthew, let's do John, actually, let's do John chapter um, 3, verse 16. One of the most famous Bible verses that we see in all of Scripture. It is the saving power of Christ that we see that God sent his son. It was in the video a little bit that we just saw. But in John chapter three, verse 16, it said, for God loved, this idea of love, right? Remember, generosity is at the heart of love. Generosity is at the heart of righteousness. Generosity is at the heart of compassion. For God loved the world in this way. He, what's that word? Gave. He didn't give us money, but he gave us his son, He gave us the one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world that he might condemn the world but that he might save them through him. You didn't have that verse on there but I wanted to continue just a little bit. But God sent his son. He gave us Jesus. The very first act of Christ here on earth was the fact that he was here as a gift. God gave us Jesus, the biggest and most generous gift that we would ever receive so that we would be able to inherit eternal life. That's generosity to the max. And so one of the things that I wanna walk you through, and these are some of the things that we teach at Anchor Church and our next steps, which uh, will be happening at different times throughout the next uh, few weeks and months. Uh, we're, we're formulating how that's going to work right now. A few people have signed up recently, and so we're going to try to do those one-on-one versus a, a group thing, but pretty soon we're going to open that up so that people will be able to experience that. But one of the things that we teach in our next steps are four T's. And in the business world, you might know the three T's, but I have extended it for who we are as a church. And the first one is this. People can be generous with their time. You can be generous with your time. When John takes me out to get me coffee and spends time with me and and just pours wisdom into me or when my father-in-law gets with me and and pours wisdom into me, when my brother-in-law pours wisdom into me, when people come and they are here and they are serving on a Sunday morning, setting up signs, setting up the tables, scrubbing the middle school tables with cloths because they're a little sticky from whatever happened in the lunchroom on Friday, Setting up the kids, putting down the floors over at the kids, wiping the toys down, putting and printing out the sheets that the kids can color, setting the crayons out, putting the rugs out, putting the pipe and drape up. There are so many things that you can be a part of here at Anchor Church to be generous. And that number one thing is your time. And it doesn't require anything other than something that is significant to all of us, which is time. 
But when we give time, we are generous with our time. And I want to encourage you today to give time away. Sometimes we like to hoard our time and keep it to ourselves. But when we see the disciples, they started following Jesus and they gave up their life. They gave up their time. They were fishermen. They were, uh, they, were, they were tax collectors. They were different people doing different things. But when Jesus said, hey, come follow me, there is something big that has happened. You have to come and see what it's all about. These men dropped everything and they gave of their time. They weren't skilled. They weren't crafted. They weren't who they ultimately became that Jesus led them and taught them to be. But the very first thing that they gave them that they gave Jesus was time. And so a lot of times when we say, hey, if you want to be a part of something at Anchor Church, just give us some of your time. You can help load in, you can help load out. There is different ways that you can be a part of something at Anchor Church. And the first thing and the first step is really just give us some of your time. And that looks different for so many people, but you can give of your time. I remember when I first got my, one of my very first jobs, I was a plumber's assistant for my dad's friend, Richard Yoroshek. He was a <laughs> Uh, uh, Yugoslavian <laughs> something or other. I don't know, but he was, a, he was a guy that was an older guy. He was super intimidating. Uh, he was a plumber for, I don't know, 75 years almost. And, um, and I, he, he never smiled. And uh, he would sweat through about five shirts a day and pound bananas all day. And, um, and, 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 and I, I worked with him and really he was just giving his time to me so that I could learn something and just really understand what it means to be working in the hot summer sun. And, and, and I learned a, a craft of, of, of some plumbing things, don't call me, but I can do it at my own house. And, um, and I remember the times so he'd say, hey, go get me the, and that's really what I heard. And I'm like, all right, and I'd run out to the truck and I'd come back and I'd have like five, six, 12 different things, hoping that one of them was right. And multiple times I was wrong and I'd have to go back to the truck and go grab something else. But eventually I learned but in those early times, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I didn't have a resume. I didn't have any type of plumbing experience, but I was giving my time and I eventually learned. And so that's one thing that we say is if you come, just give us your time. You'll find a spot and we'll, we'll set you in different places that may be a good fit for you at some point when you start to learn. And so by the time that I was done with Richard, I was able to run out and grab that crescent wrench, that three quarter inch, I don't know. I don't even remember all that stuff now, but uh, I could go get it out of the truck, no problem. I remember being so proud. And that's, that's what happens when we start to give of our time. The second thing that we can give is our talents. Eventually, we start to develop different talents, and, and, uh, and we can start to be a part of that, and we can start to give of the things that we are naturally gifted. A lot of times, we think, hey, listen, I could play the oboe. Hey, how about, can, hey, can I play on the worship team with my oboe? I'm like, you know, we don't really have room for an oboe up there right now. But, um, but yeah, you know what? Let me pray about that. You know, I'm just kidding about that. But, um, but um, talents are this. It's a lot of times it's things that you're gifted with, not just playing a certain thing or doing a certain thing, but, but maybe in your finance, uh, in, your, in your world of where you work, uh, you have certain talents. You have certain gifts. You are actually good at certain things. Maybe you are charismatic, and so you are good for uh, greeting people at the front door. Maybe you um, uh, are just a workaholic, and you don't mind grinding it, and so the pipe and drape would be a great fit for you because that's a hard task sometimes. And so it just depends really what your talent is. Uh, but we're all gifted with different talents and different abilities. And you can 
uh, leverage those for the kingdom of God. And that's what being generous is. If you have a certain talent, to hide it is to uh, uh, deprive it of, uh, of, of, of God's kingdom. And so I wanna encourage you to take that step. The first step is really just giving your time. The second step is really kind of figuring out here's where I can leverage my talent for the kingdom of God. It could be here or it could be outside of these walls. It could be in your office space. It could be in your schools. It could be uh, in your home. There are opportunities for you to be able to explore your talents and use your talents for God's kingdom to be able to bring him glory. And I wanna challenge you to do that. And I think that the next step after that, we have time, talent, and then the next one is treasure. Sometimes that's like next level for some people is to be able to give of our finances, to be able to be generous with the things that we have been given by other people, uh, by, the, by what, we have been, what we have gained. And so when we give of our treasure, it's simply saying this, part of this is not even mine anyway. When, when the church gave me the $500, you know, they, he received it from somebody else, and it's almost like him saying, hey, listen, we just wanna do the same thing for somebody else. And some of us are in different financial obligations. We have different things, but all of us have an opportunity to be able to give. There's a famous story about the widow's might and what she was able to give. And she gave the tiniest, smallest amount. And Jesus looked at her as the champion of faith because she was able to give something. It was something very, very significant to her, but the rest of us would look at it as something very, very insignificant. Portion of a penny is what she gave, but it meant a whole lot more for her. And so when we give of our treasure, it is our way of being able to share generosity. And the fourth one is one that I've added, and I think it's very, very crucial for the church and very, very crucial for the kingdom. It is our testimony. When we give of our testimony, there, we all have a story. We all have something that we've been through. We all have gone through something difficult. We've all gone through something where we've experienced great uh, joys and great, great, great pleasures. And, and we can share that story. Everything that we experience in this world for the cause of Christ really is a testimony. And I beg of you to share it. In a couple weeks, we're thinking about, or we're, we're planning on having a baptism. We'd love for you to be able to, um, to share your testimony, share your story. If you haven't been baptized, I would highly encourage you to, 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 to share your story with us and, and be baptized one Sunday. And that, that simply is just saying, hey, listen, I've made a decision for Jesus and I want to tell the whole world. I've accepted the saving grace of Jesus and I wanna tell the whole world about it. And here's, here's what, where I've been. This is where I've gone. This is where I wanted to tell everybody. And when we share our testimony, it can change the lives of people around us. Dramatically. Many of you could probably think of in your walk with Christ that there was somebody in your walk or in your path that helped you along the way. And that person probably shared a story or shared something with you and ultimately it was probably a testimony. We see the testimony of many of the disciples. We see the testimony of Paul that, in, that are written in scriptures that have been challenging us for generations. But each and every single one of us have a story that would be able to impact somebody for the cause of Christ. And I beg of you to be generous with your story. Sometimes we hold back and we, we think, you know what? I don't want people to know that I struggled with this. I don't want people to know that this is something that I went through. I don't want people to know this about me because it's embarrassing but really what you do is you're holding back from what God can do with that story because he can make a miracle out of a mess 
And if you feel like that you're a mess, he can change that and he can make something out of that. And I've heard people be able to change their life because of the story that somebody else told. Not because of reading what John wrote or reading about Paul's life, but they changed their life because uh, Susie, the worst name to come up with right now. Apologize to any Susies that are out there in the room today. But Susie, her, her story impacted my life and it changed everything for me. And that's the power of a story. So I I want you to to think about where you can leverage your time this week. Where can you give some of your time to somebody? It may not necessarily be here on a Sunday morning, but maybe it's just taking somebody out to coffee and say, hey, what's going on, man? I know that you've gone through some stuff. Let's talk about it. Maybe it's taking them out and saying, hey, I just want to encourage you today. You've done a great job with this. Maybe it's somebody at your work. You can bring them something. Maybe you can, like Wesley, he would do this to me. He would bring me a, a, Dunkin', a cup of Dunkin's Donuts coffee and say, hey, I just wanna bring this to you to encourage you today. There are ways that you can encourage people just simply with your time, just giving them an ear. Your talent, where can you leverage the things that God has gifted you with for the kingdom? Think about how you can participate with your talent, your treasure, What has God blessed you with? If you are sitting here and you are in air conditioner and you have air conditioner at your house, you have a vehicle, you're not in tattered clothing, you have been given a generous gift. Where can you celebrate that treasure and give back? And then in your testimony, where can you share your story? Who can you talk to and be able to tell them where you've been on your road and on your journey? and share and be generous with your testimony. In Matthew, let me see, Matthew chapter, I already closed it up. Go ahead and pull it up here so I can read it. Matthew chapter six, verse 25. It says this. This is what I t- why I tell you. Don't worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink or about your body or what you'll wear Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? This is the words of Jesus. Jesus is saying, listen, the birds are taken care of. If the birds are taken care of, don't you think that God will take care of you? In verse 27, Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much for you? you of little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his tadaka, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because Tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has trouble of its own. 
when we understand that we are on the receiving end of this tzedakah, this handout to someone that is in need, that Jesus came down, that God gave us Jesus as generosity. He extended his hand down towards us to lift us up out of our sin, to lift, lift us up out of our failures, to lift us up out of our struggles and our imperfections. And he wants to hold us up and lift us up in a proud way to say, listen, I care about you. I love you. I have compassion for you. And at the heart of it, we see is generosity. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.